Vox Quick Hits. So let me tell you a story about the very first vaccine in history and the unusual way that they had to distribute it around the world. The story gets started in the late 1700s with Edward Jenner. He was a British doctor who observed that people who came down with a disease called cowpox would not come down with the related and far deadlier disease of smallpox. And at the time, smallpox was probably the scariest disease on earth. It spread very, very quickly, and people's bodies, their skins, would erupt in these awful, fluid-filled, pus-filled sores. They got everywhere on your body, including your face, and up to half of all people died of it. And even the survivors were left with nasty scars on their face. They were often stricken blind. So smallpox was a horrible, horrible disease. And Jenner's vaccine was a huge breakthrough because it could prevent smallpox. But in some ways, Jenner discovering this vaccine, the cowpox vaccine, was actually the easy part. The harder part proved to be getting it to people. Remember, this was the late 1700s. They didn't have modern transportation. They did not have modern manufacturing to mass produce vaccines. And they did not have refrigeration to keep it cold and alive over long distances. So basically, the best way to spread it was from person to person to do it directly. A doctor, if you had cowpox, would prick the little sore. They would take the fluid from that sore and they would scratch it into the arm or the leg of another person. They would catch cowpox, then they would be immune to smallpox. So literally, they would take someone's wound and, like, apply it to someone else? Yeah, it wasn't exactly hygienic. uh, And nowadays, obviously, we would do things a little different. They didn't have a modern understanding of germs then. And also, uh, you know, there was a risk of infections, but it was better than getting smallpox. So I think people were willing to take that risk. But yeah, that's how they did it. And that worked okay within a town or whatever. It was a little laborious, but it worked okay. The problem started when you had to move from town to town. They had a method where they could take the lymph, the cowpox fluid, and they could smear it on a piece of silk, a silk strand, or a ball of lint or something. They could let it dry. Sometimes they sealed it in wax to help preserve it. Then they would walk to the next town over. And when they got there, they would mix the dried, crusty fluid with water to reconstitute it. And then they could start giving it to people there. So you could literally rub some cowpox sore onto some textile, some material, Mm -hmm. and transfer it from town to town. Yes, exactly. So getting from town to town, as long as they weren't very far apart, worked. You could spread the vaccine that way. The real problem started when you had to take that crusty lymph and try to get over an ocean with it or something like that. There are stories of the lymph losing its potency, traveling even from London to Paris, which is only about 215 miles. So traveling across an ocean, which could take weeks, if not months, 
didn't work, usually, because the virus would lose its potency. And by the time they got there to the Americas or to India or any other place they were trying to get the lymph, it would have lost its potency and it wouldn't work to make people immune anymore. So when the virus, the, when the, the lymph started to dry out, the virus would die, essentially, and then it wouldn't work by the time they got across the ocean. So what did they do? Well, every once in a while, it did make it across the ocean. They got one to Newfoundland in 1800. They got lucky, basically. And it kind of started trickling down into North America from there. But most of the time, it failed. And the Americas really, really needed it because they were having apocalyptic outbreaks of smallpox there. There were a lot of native people there who did not have any sort of immunity. And they were living in poverty, which made it really, really deadly. It would spread very quickly. And they had outbreaks where up to half of all people would die. So even higher death rates than they were experiencing in Europe and Asia. And Spain especially had a really, really hard time getting it across the ocean. They had huge colonies in Central and South America, and it just was not making it there over and over. So the Spanish crown came up with a sort of radical plan, and that was they were going to use living people to take the cowpox vaccine across the ocean. And specifically, they decided they were going to use orphan boys to do this. Orphan boys. Orphan boys, yeah. I'm not sure why they chose boys necessarily, but the reason they chose orphans was essentially the orphans couldn't really resist. They were living in institutions. They didn't have parents. They were kind of at the mercy of these more powerful people. And they kind of had to go along with what they were told to do. I should say the king, King Carlos IV, did give them some incentive to do this. He promised them a free education when they got to the colonies. He promised they would be adopted into a family there. So they were getting something out of it. But obviously, we would not do this today. That would not fly with ethical rules nowadays. So they gave a bunch of orphans cowpox? Yeah, basically what they did is they got 22 orphans, they put them on a ship, and right before the ship set sail, they gave two of them cowpox. They rubbed it into their skin. Nine or ten days later, they had little pustules, pus-filled pustules, erupt on their skin. And at that point, a doctor on board would prick the pustule, it would take the fluid and give it to the next two boys in the chain. And then they would wait nine or ten days after that. And after that point, they would give it to the third pair of boys in the chain and so on. And the hope was that if they had good winds and a little bit of luck, the last pair of boys would have pustules on their arm when they arrived in the Americas. They could hop offshore and start vaccinating people there. This sounds both ingenious and deeply, deeply unethical. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is clever when you think about it. I mean, if they had done it with, you know, actual cows or something like that, we'd probably be hailing them as these, you know, these really brilliant innovators. But the fact that they did choose these orphan boys does make it look quite dubious, especially because they were pretty young. The oldest of these boys was only nine years old, and the youngest of them was only three years old. So you can imagine 
you know, tearing this little three-year-old out of the orphanage, the only place it's ever known, putting him on a ship and, you know, the rolling around in the ocean. They were doing it over the winter, so it was cold and choppy there. The kid has no idea what's going on. It's getting pricked to get this little wound on its arm. It really was not a very pretty picture. Yeah, I actually can't imagine it. Like, being an orphan wasn't bad enough. Now you're an orphan child on a ship crossing the Atlantic in the winter, given a disease by the Spanish crown? Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much sums it up, yeah. Do we have any idea how many lives these orphan boys from Spain may have saved? The estimates vary a lot, but once they had a foothold and once they actually started vaccinating people in South America, it spread very, very quickly from there. So the estimates are they probably saved millions and millions of lives through these orphan boys. Sam Keen writes about science history. His most recent book is called The Bastard Brigade, the true story of the renegade scientists and spies who sabotaged the Nazi atomic bomb. That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.